the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to Wine Women Radio, where we discuss what we're drinking and what's happening in the wine industry. Pour yourself a glass and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. It's Wine Women Radio. I'm Marsha Haycumber, here today with Ann Reynolds. Hello, Ann. How are you? Hello, Marsha. I'm very well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. We're just getting the New Year underway. It's um, blessedly not too freezing out there. It's um, beautiful out one there. One reason why I like California to, as compared to growing up in the Midwest where we often had a lot of snow, sleet, rain, ice, mm-hmm. and then it would all be mixed together again. was not fond of this time of year um, back there. Of course, this year was uh, climate change. Um, I believe Chicago was like oddly 70 degrees on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. It, just bizarre Yikes. kinds of things going yeah. on. Yeah. So blessedly, we don't have to do that. And uh, at the moment, it's uh, it's kind of dry. We don't have a big rainstorm front coming through. No. Um, there are uh, expectations of more of that coming through. But we've already had a, a whole lot of rain mm-hmm. um, to help people feel like we're not going to be facing a drought this coming mm-hmm. 2020 summer. So that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, I So far, I believe I'm going to be your only co-host today. So I'm going to be the whole host uh, because Lisa Adams-Walter and Missy Rodebush-Kane are both on assignment today. Um, so it's just going to be me, Anne and I, All right. to kind of doing the, the, the cozy podcast thing here. Now, for those of you who don't know, which is probably most listeners... Um, and you are founder, CEO, and chief compliance officer at Wine Compliance Alliance. That's right. Where you can find it, folks, easily at winecompliancealliance.com. It's nice because it rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> was that it was a factor in deciding on the business name. It's very alliterative. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which really helps. And you've Makes been... Makes a, a very long right. email address, so... This is, this is true, but it's easy to type in, and once somebody's done it once, uh, you've got autofill, so that makes it nice and easy. And I believe... Are you are you on or beyond your 10th anniversary now? You're right. Very good. I, The business did hit 10 years old, middle <laughs> smack dab in the middle of 2019. So yes, Bravo. I, yes, very, very proud about that. And, um, have actually never yet formally shared about that via the business's channels. Um, it's just been an interesting time for the last year, few years or so, but yeah, it still may very well happen. Right. Better late yeah. than never and all there that. So there you go. Well, you know, as, uh, as a, as an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. business owner, you and I both know, uh, we have a lot of hats to wear, and getting around to celebrating an anniversary is not something that always <laughs> takes precedent when perhaps you have clients who are clamoring mm-hmm. um, for you to finish a project uh, mm-hmm. and and assist them with something that maybe is on deadline. Uh, that means uh, your anniversary celebrations kind of fall by the, the wayside sometimes. The so compliance, let's let's hit some of the, we'll hit a little bit of your background first that takes you there, because some people are probably going, what the heck is wine compliance? <laughs> that does not sound like a brand name that I know. And that's true. It's not a brand name that I know of. Uh, your career started uh, where a lot of people does in the wine industry. Mm-hmm. You kind of jumped in feast, 
feet first with yep. uh, tasting rooms mm-hmm. and then yep. running labs yep. for some wineries because you're you're a native Napa Valley girl. There you go. Yeah, I grew up in Napa, and so uh, my original training background, schooling background, mm-hmm. is teaching. Mm-hmm. And when I finished up with my schooling and began uh, searching for a teaching job, a teaching mm-hmm. position, it was a terrible time to attempt to find one, and so. I ended up taking my first winery job in the harvest of 1993. Well, mm-hmm. my first production, I should mm-hmm. say, because you're right. I did work in tasting rooms before right. that as that, you know, part-time sometimes job. That's a, yeah, that's part-time sometimes that's dabbling. <laughs> while I was finishing up my schooling. Mm-hmm. But harvest of 1993, I took my first wine production job as a lab technician at Behringer Vineyards. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's the classic uh, with, the, that's where it all started. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a, it just literally took off from there. Right. It's just the wine industry continued to offer me opportunities, which I was always up for. And then, um, yeah, a few years later, mm-hmm. 1998, I am now at Sterling Vineyards, mm-hmm. which is where compliance started. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was just the next opportunity. The winemaker mm-hmm. said, uh, would you start managing our computer database, tracking all the wines? Mm-hmm. And I said, sure, <laughs> because it was the next right. thing to figure out. And there wasn't a whole, uh, through the 90s, no. you got to remember, internet, no, no, no. not really. No. We didn't use the internet back then. Oh. We were barely emailing back then exactly. in the 90s. Exactly. Um, yeah. So doing things online or keeping track of them was yeah. kind of an all new beast. And mm-hmm. When we think of what what does compliance mean, mm-hmm. um, it starts getting into alcohol is a regulated industry, regulated by the government. Yes. Uh, so we have to yeah. comply. Yes. <laughs> yes. To those regulations. They are um, the ones if, who set the rules. Right. If you don't want to have things be being you know cracked down on the industry mm-hmm. uh, or getting your knuckles wrapped figuratively mm-hmm. or literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and and there are consequences um, if you don't comply, right? Because they do. They have the auditing authority, mm-hmm. they have the authority, uh, literally, to to right. shut a place down right. if if so be it. Um, and they do regularly right. audit. But mm-hmm. you're right. Wineries are supposed to be keeping certain records in a certain way and reporting those numbers, and mm-hmm. that's where it was really an ideal place to learn it. Mm-hmm. Was working at wineries you know, literally being in day-to-day contact with the wine cellar, walking around, talking to the wine cellar workers, asking them information about Mm -hmm. the activity so I could then go record it in the database. I was enmeshed. I mean, that was basically my... PhD training was <laughs> on the job. It was literally in the trenches so at wineries. So to fill in our listeners who may not know this background, there is a whole host of of key information that you are required to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are yeah. some of those things yeah. that you dug in right. and you went, "Oh my right. goodness, I had no idea we had to keep track of this." Well, one of the probably the most simple ways that I describe it, like you said earlier, most people you say wine compliance and they just blank their face glazes <laughs> over and you might as well be talking about open heart surgery exactly. or something it's right just, you know i just suddenly start you know doing charlie brown speak to them <laughs> and so i said well you've seen a wine label of course and mm-hmm. everybody has and they said everything you see on that guy is 
you know, regulated minimum mm-hmm. percentages, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the things as far as my learning on the job was um, I worked during the grape harvest time at two mm-hmm. of the facilities that I worked at. I worked in the scale house where mm-hmm. the grape trucks mm-hmm. and loads of grapes pull onto the scale and you weigh them and you document them on an official legal document. Mm-hmm. And related to a wine label, for example, say a load of grapes pulled in and um, they were Napa Valley grapes. Mm -hmm. One of the items you're writing on there is the appellation of the grapes. And say versus writing just Napa Valley versus the more narrow AVA, Mm because Napa County has 16 sub-AVAs within it, Um, if... If they had not written, say, St. Helena, mm-hmm. in, st- in addition to, say, or in place of just Napa Valley, then the grapes at that wine event that that, that becomes later on as wine mm-hmm. and designing the label, they would not be able to put St. Helena on the label. On the label. So that's a great, uh, just okay. a start to finish. Okay. A lot of grapes all the way to the wine label. Okay. Think of what you might want to put on that label. Just be as right. narrow as possible right. on that so, load of grapes. So as an example, um, Diamond Mountain is yes. a very exclusive, high-end, um, sub-AVA, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sub-American viticultural area mm-hmm. in Napa Valley, as is Howell Mountain. Exactly. Uh, both, mount- both mountain AVAs. Uh, and the producer's making wine and they don't necessarily have to be making wine physically in those areas. No. But if they no. want to be a- right. but if they want to be able to say my wine is from Howell Mountain or Diamond Mountain, mm-hmm. then the tags mm-hmm. at the scales mm-hmm. have to say the exact mm-hmm. same thing. That's like so the birth certificate. One. The I birth certificate of your wine. The birth certificate of your wine. Love it. The specific get okay. very narrow. Okay. Think of it that way. All right. So Okay, so keep so go, keep going from the birth so, on through the so whole on development. So through, you know, you think about, and there, that's where I segue into calling it the book of your mm-hmm. wine's life. What happened to it? It came in as grapes, you know, however, what fermentation style it went through. What did you, you know, add to mm-hmm. it during fermentation? After fermentation is where it becomes officially wine. Okay. So there again, the the regulating agency, the TTB, that's where you have to uh, measure and record its alcohol, and you're then it becomes a taxable commodity. Okay. So then, also very important know, to know. Moving forward from there, whatever else you did to it um, throughout its life. Processing wise, mm-hmm. all the different potential activities that winery do to wines up until you put it in the bottle. Okay. And you're having to keep track right. of those numbers. You blended it right. with these three other wines. Well, then the statistics, percentages mm-hmm. change, and et cetera, et cetera. Sure how, how are you <laughs> keeping track of that? Okay. Are you in the more advanced world with a database that does that mm-hmm. work for you? Are you still in the old school world where you're keeping it some kind of spreadsheety way or literally writing it somewhere? I mean, Is it I still, still all see, done always? I still okay. see it <laughs> done in the whole range. And um, I always get concerned if I first in, encounter somebody for the first time and they're keeping it the old school right. way. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> As you can imagine, you really need somebody or whatever who's really on it. Right. Very sharp, chances for errors go up. Who is diligent about it, and that's you know not most people are that way. 
Right. Well, to a be lot keeping of, it. So a lot of personality well. types are not. Uh, they're they're great yeah. at some things, but details are not their forte. So for yeah. you, this worked out because yes. you are a detail oriented yes. person. Which you do. You're right. You do. You have to be. That has to mm-hmm. be just your your nature. Otherwise, and, and I'm sorry. You're, you're probably going to hate it, <laughs> and it's not your fault. You know, winemakers, honestly, at the end of the day, are usually not are usually the worst people to do this for for keeping track of those records yeah 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 you say compliance you know they make a face <laughs> you know because they really so, hope somebody else is because they want to throw it at somebody like me yeah. comes along okay so you All do right. you're very much well like a lot of things you have to be the right, right. fit so i take it then these records so. are all things that may or may not be passed on to the TTB, and perhaps you should mm-hmm. explain a little bit about the right. TTB and what I'm right. referencing. Right. So yes, but with their, as I mentioned earlier, they do have auditing authority, and um, I mean they can, you know, you'll get a notice from them that you're being audited, and they literally will come out to physically to your site, right. and perhaps one or more agents and mm-hmm. camp out. And, and I've heard stories of where they've sometimes they camp out for two days. plus weeks. Right. And they've and they actually increased they that the past two, three years, I believe. They've increased the amount of audits that yeah. they have been doing in the Napa Valley. Right. Yeah. There were a in lot the of headlines. There were say. a lot of headlines about that. But that's where they're coming. If they're coming to a winery, they're going to come and say, okay, um, we need to see specific, literal, mm-hmm. physical documents. Everything from your actual permit file mm-hmm. to the actual day-to-day winemaking records. Mm-hmm. So the, the classic example is, and I've heard it both ways, where um, they either, they bring a bottle or more than mm-hmm. one bottle of your wine mm-hmm. with them that they pulled from the marketplace. Okay. And they put it in front of you. Joe's and grocery store. Say, <laughs> and they say, okay, go pull all the records for this wine's life. Okay. And hand them over to and us. And you're going to be in deep doo-doo and if you don't have them. And they go take that pile, yeah. <laughs> and they go sit with their with their computers and run crunch the numbers and look. And see make if sure they it all lines up. follow everything. Right. And does it right. really, you put Napa Valley on its label, uh-huh. but according to our crunch number crunchers, it wasn't at least 85% Napa Valley or whatever. That's what they potentially okay. will do. So, so they're looking for possible violations. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, basically yeah. they're saying you know, they're checking to see whether or not you are misinforming the public. Yes, exactly. Cause yeah, protect the public is one of their, you know. Okay. What are the, uh, for our listeners who may not know, uh, who are more consumers, what are the different things on the label, mm-hmm. um, that are used to inform the public about what's in the bottle mm-hmm. that are regulated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by okay. the TTB? Okay. So, um, well, for starters, um, you've well, you've got vintage, you've got varietal, you've got appellation, just those three mm-hmm. right there. So a vintage, if you see a vintage, pick up a bottle of wine and it has a vintage on it, which is a year. Um, there's actually two options there, and mm-hmm. it's tied directly to uh, the appellation. And again, the appellation is going to be a geographical region mm-hmm. on a label. So we're used to like Napa Valley. California. Those right. are just a couple of examples to throw out. Um, so a vintage is there's two options. If the Appalachian is like Napa Valley, mm-hmm. which is an AVA, an American Viticultural Area, then the vintage requirements are at least uh, 95% 
must be. So if you picked up a bottle of wine. 95% from that 2018, vintage. 2018. Yeah, if it says 2018 Napa Valley, on the label. 95% of it has to be from that year. Correct. And, then, and that location. Okay. Correct. And then the other option is if the Appalachian is either, um, say, like I said before, California, so a state name, mm-hmm. or it could be a county. If it said Napa County on that label, and uh, not Napa Valley at all, mm-hmm. then the minimum percent drops to 85% okay. for the vintage. So that's vintage. And okay. then you've got varietal, which of course is Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, et cetera, et cetera. Minimum percentage on that is 75%. Right. right. So it says Cabernet Sauvignon on it, but uh, 25% of that could be a blend of some other things. But mm. 75% of the of the, the the wine in that bottle has mm-hmm. to be Cabernet Sauvignon. Correct. Okay. Yep. Um, there are other, we know there's other tiny little differences. Uh, Napa Valley has a, 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 a higher standard, right? That, that it's got to be... If it's got Napa Valley mm-hmm. on the label, it's got to mm-hmm. be 85% mm-hmm. Napa Valley mm-hmm. grapes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. Any, anything um, that's an AVA. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, the TTB mm-hmm. also gets very picky in terms of things like their government warning yes. on the back label and required. how big it is and mm-hmm. readable, mm-hmm. Uh, the required mm-hmm. label. And they're pretty picky about um, the alcohol by volume um, percentage listing. It has a little wiggle room to it. Mm-hmm. Would you like to explain that a little bit about how that works? The uh, the alcohol content itself, you mean, or, mm-hmm. or literally like font or, or what? Uh, no, you? I just, just meant just meant the wiggle oh, room and, and okay, how it's so listed. I, right. It's fourteen point two. Got it. Uh, okay. Versus thirteen point nine. Yes. So yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, so there are well there are tolerance ranges. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so you, um, and this actually is a very good topic. I actually don't believe I have a, a, a complete answer because part of the, the update details, um, two years ago, they raised the upper limit of the, um, the lower still wine tax mm-hmm. class range. It okay. used to be 14%. And wines and it, and it got lifted up to sixteen percent. Oh wow, that's a pretty substantial that's range. A, it's a nice jump. Wow, that made a huge difference uh, tax-wise. Huge uh, okay. difference tax-wise. All right, wise. that's a benefit to wineries. Yes, but but so you're right. I mean, the whole tolerance range with a label alcohol because mm-hmm. this reg is still on the books. <laughs> I haven't ever seen it answered in a in a in a definite black and white format uh-huh. because the tolerance ranges as they are on the books are for wines below 14 percent the tolerance allowable tolerance range is plus or minus one and a half percent right so Pretty. meaning i could put 13.5 on my label and that wine could be as low as 12 in its okay. real actual right. alcohol okay but only as high as 14 but right. Now you can so go down, but you can't fun. go up. You can't you cross. Ceiling, you right. couldn't cross over. Okay. But I think now, I think what it would be is you couldn't. You couldn't cross over sixteen. Mm-hmm. Right. They okay. just they haven't formally okay. updated that that detail. And most reg, of the so. time, a sixteen percent wine is going to be a a. It's going to be probably fortified, but it's also going to be potentially the big reds. You're rarely mm-hmm. going to find. Mm-hmm. 
I, I can't imagine finding a Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Um, at coming and clocking in at sixteen, <laughs> yeah, that I would know. be kind of wacky there. Exactly. Um, but you certainly, uh, very possibly, you might find a Petit Verdot. Yeah. A at Zinfandel. sixteen, a you Zinfandel. Can find a Zin. Sure. Yeah, and you're sure. right. The cabs. Yeah, the big because the really big ones, the yes. really big ones. I mean, that's the way we've been going. Uh, and I think part of it 90s. is a recognition of climate change. Is is uh, the heat is uh, helping to increase uh, alcohol overall? So they're kind of maybe mm-hmm. reflecting that in their regulations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's so there's a lot. So th- so this gives everybody some ideas in terms of um, yeah. TTB regulation. There's also yeah. a certain amount of regulation in terms of vocabulary in your description and what you can say about mm-hmm. the wines mm-hmm. on the back. What, right. what would you like our listeners to know about what are some stumbling points in terms of vocabulary that they might say, no, you can't use that word? Um, well, I mean, one of the regulations that's coming to mind um, is... Um, is help quote that I believe the actual words is, um, you know, may not list anything that indicates health benefits. Okay. So you um, can't cite that, that yeah. 60 minutes red wine is better for you. It's <laughs> right. good for your health. Right. None of that can go on I the mean, label. That's one of them. Um, what are some of the other ones? I mean, I've seen so many over the years and that's, I mean, that's, it's such a frustrating area because for, for anybody who, you know, this is how it works in the wine world. Mm-hmm. Um, any label that you see, you know, on that bottle that you pick up off the shelf was supposed to <laughs> have <laughs> obtain what we call a label approval, which is issued by our, our federal government branch, the TTB. Um, but it's literally an individual, I mean, whatever, from a mm-hmm. bank, a bank of I don't know how many people they have sitting back there. So the office is literally <laughs> in Washington, D.C., sitting in cubicles, looking at wine labels and reviewing them for approval. And we, many of us in the industry are constantly frustrated because uh, a label, you'll submit it for approval and, you know, Susie back there in Washington is looking at your label and she objects to a couple of words or whatever it might be. And, um, so what I'm getting at is it's very subjective because you're, you could have submitted that Mm -hmm. same label twice and Susie got one, one of them. And then Bob two cubicles over got the other and he's fine with those two words because (laughs) until until you can remove the subjectivity, you're going to have that Tricky. hair pulling experience yeah. that winers have been and used they are for years. they are making attempts to do that but like all yes. government offices they're yes. highly understaffed yeah. having to process yeah. thousands and thousands of these um mm-hmm. certificate of label approval um applications mm-hmm. all the time and yeah. so it's hard yeah. to do yeah so, but the uh, the ultimate goal here is to make sure that the consumer is is informed truthfully. Yes, exactly. Um, yes. No, no with, false with, statements. Right. right. So there is yeah. absolutely no way yeah. that somebody can yeah. say this wine is a petit serra yeah. or this wine comes from Napa Valley. And in point of fact, the tags for that, the grapes that went into that wine are coming from Temecula or Colorado yeah. or something else right. crazy like that. Right. Yeah. There, there yeah. is, um, 
they're to a certain degree they're saying this is our way of helping out truth in advertising mm-hmm. there is a, mm-hmm. a, a yes. governmental authority exactly. yeah. that is trying to verify because i'm happening. all for that there should be minimum percentage requirements mm-hmm. for putting you know the vintage and the varietal in the appellation mm-hmm. i'm all for that mm-hmm. for sure yeah. i really for the most part do not have not felt over my many years that they are um unreasonable in a lot of their mm-hmm. regulations. Yes, there is a there is a, a fair amount of mm-hmm. um you know, the frustration part or what's <laughs> the other word I'm trying to think of around labels. I've just grumbling I've, over I've, I've the gro- nitpicking. I've grown used yeah. to that. Yeah. And it is it is because it come it comes down right. to, if you will, the whatever, the one individual instance by instance by instance. Right. So have the shifts in packaging over the years mm. also influenced this mm-hmm. so now mm-hmm. we know It'll that um, canned wine mm-hmm. canned fine wine um, is yeah. becoming a much bigger yeah. thing yeah. Um, are yeah. you seeing that this that there's a lot more involved now uh, as the ch- the shifts and availability of different packaging becomes available yeah and you're right so the TTB has had to kind of go back to school with um, uh, the how to's of uh granting a label approval for mm-hmm. a canned wine. I did have one recently. So this was um, the product. So it's a four 250-mil-size mm-hmm. cans inside a box. Mm-hmm. That's okay. the package that you pick right. up off the shelf right. or whatever. So you're getting a 1,000 you're getting You're getting a liter. You're getting a you're liter. Getting a liter. In, right. Yeah. Um, and how the the experience of what had to obviously what had to be on the outside the box if you will because mm-hmm. that's the outer so that has to have everything that a label has to have right because okay. that's that's it that's what the consumer would be able to see um, but then the individual cans inside they have to have um, uh, not for individual sale yeah I was wait I was waiting to hear if you were going to say that have that <laughs> yeah so but. And, and they are. They're, from what I understand, they're okay. working on putting together some additional information mm-hmm. onto their website mm-hmm. for guidance for, for people. So yeah. you were. So let's back up a, a second to look at your clients so that people have a, a bigger picture. Because you talked about one of your clients just went through this on one of theirs. So various wineries hire you as an independent consultant to advise them on whether or not their new or existing wines mm-hmm. that they are releasing to the public, plan to release to the public, um, are actually meeting the governmental regulations um, for what has to appear on the public information on their packaging. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Uh, and so um, this happens year-round. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they submit the artwork to you. What's what like right. give me walk right. me through right. like a timeline mm-hmm. of what might happen with a new client. Right, right. So yeah, wineries are my clients and they are working with my office. I am managing essentially uh, all of their TTB filings mm-hmm. as well as several state of California mm-hmm. agencies. So you just that, that you any, do it for I them. do a package. I'm just yeah, yeah I, I call it the wine production mm-hmm. compliance package right. this, is, any this is one of your winery, four service areas right and and for any of you who are that savvy when i say winery uh, that in, 
automatically includes all you alternating proprietors out there <laughs> because you're a winery and therefore you have to file the same set of reports that a winery that's making, you know, 500,000 cases of wine a year. So labels, of course, are part of that. So yeah, that's part of the service. Um, um, you know, I'm providing them guidance. Uh, they send me label mm -hmm. files or, or where, whatever stage they are. And um, I'm providing them what I call both sides, the front side and the back side. So the back side being, again, they put, I look at a label file and it says this is a 2018 a Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. I have access to the records to know that it doesn't meet the minimum percentage requirement. So that's the back side. Okay. So I'm looking at that. And then I'm looking at the other side. I'm looking at the actual finished label Mm -hmm. It's file itself. Does it, like you said, does it have the government warning how they want it? Does it have the net contents? Does it have the alcohol, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm looking at the uh, text to see if there might be any objectionable um, items on yeah. their verbiage, what have you. And then I get back to them with that and then um, obviously submit right. it. Right. Approval. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands <laughs> of wine labels yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, so when you think, so if somebody's out there thinking, well, that's not very much to do. Yeah, but there's it, every single year, new vintages every single mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. um, somebody may be bringing in their Napa Valley Cabernet, mm -hmm. um, but maybe they're, they're going to approach this with two winemaking styles and approaches. So maybe mm -hmm. some everything that came in one truckload, just for an instance, part of that truckload may be going to their regular wine and part mm -hmm. of that same load may be going to their reserve <laughs> and it says reserve on the label. <laughs> so you're there making sure that both of them are, are within compliance because it's possible that one yes. might not be. Exactly. For some yeah. reason. Yeah. And that's, uh, you're right. Part of the ongoing cycle is, if there are certain wines that they generally bottle every year, mm -hmm. and let's okay, let's okay, let's look at this next vintage's label. Is there anything on there? Is there anything new that me would mean we have to get a new label approval? Or if there isn't, like you were saying earlier, um, you know, if it's only a vintage change, for example, uh, can part of the guidance is oh, we you don't need a new label approval. You can just go right ahead. You're good. You don't you don't have any changes that require a new one. Do you ever get new clients who sign up with you and when they bring you the records they say, oh yeah, this is already at the printers. For oh the yeah. Label. Yeah, we've had plenty <laughs> of those stories. Even <laughs> in the days when I was at a winery, in my earlier days of of compliance this is and the, filing label approvals. Isn't this the equivalent of? Um, Shutting the barn door after the horses have left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I understand it because just with the printing part alone, it's more and more challenging these days to get in the queue. Right. You, you don't want to lose your space in the printer's queue. Right. So you're, you're so jockeying you're, for time. Yeah. And then you've got the, the designers and the graphic people in the mix and, and have, have the whoever it is, the mm -hmm. owners, winemakers, whoever is saying this is how, how right. we want the label, gotten the information that those parties need to put together that proof. There's so many parties this a lot is, of times this involved is like in just a, a label. Right. So, so uh, let, let me see if I can paint the picture a little bit for some of our listeners. Um, the winery may have a production schedule in which yeah. they've said, they've said um, this 
we'll, we'll change course here. This Sauvignon Blanc mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is going to be bottled um, in two months. <laughs> That's our, our hard stop. I know you're laughing at me. It's hot, you know. And um, it's a, and it's new for us too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, making it even more challenging. The graphic designer is working at top speed like crazy to come up with the design, yeah. what it's going to look like. Yeah. The bottle has been so the the yeah. bottle yeah. style right. size yep. has been ordered. Um, it's been ordered from the bottle manufacturer. Um, the graphic designer is now waiting for sign off on the artwork and going forward. And mm-hmm. there may or may not be tweaks in this. So there's there's bottling lines to balance um, that they've got the you know a scheduled date for um, the winemaker is waiting to finish running labs so they know what alcohol yeah. by volume to put on the label <laughs> exactly that, that is often I think yeah. one of the last things to get listed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We, what yeah. do you think is the hardest thing in this whole timeline to balance, or is it just all? It's magical just, plate spinning <laughs> it's just it's just all of it and a lot of times is is there even that compliance mm-hmm. role in there is somebody mm-hmm. having that compliance voice right that that needs to be part of it right. um but the, and then i was even going to say in that that scenario which is so common in the wine world meaning the the design of a label and mm-hmm. it being done in a you know a good enough time frame for it to when the wine is actually right. bottled to go on the <laughs> label because there's, I mean, we, when a wine is bottled without a label, we call it a shiner. And of course mm-hmm. that happens all the time. And I just thought that's, it's just a good opportunity to point out that even when wine goes in the bottle and without a label, mm-hmm. it's time of bottling, the feds, the TTB still require it to have a label approval in place. Which is what even for whole, Shiner, even okay. for Shiner, which is the whole area that again is something that I provide mm-hmm. businesses that I work with, and I you know have talked about it in classes and such. We get what's called a generic label approval, um, which is as simple as making one that's for a, a white wine, a California white wine, a California red wine, a California rose wine, and maybe if you do sparkling, a California sparkling wine. Okay. And that's it. You literally create a little simple JPEG file. Like you said, one of them has the government warning and all that good stuff on it. And then the quote front just mm-hmm. says, you know, ABC winery, California white wine. Right. So you have it in place because that's, that's so you've at the got end a, of the day. You, you have essentially have, have a dummy label in yeah. place. Yeah. For you, the you're shine. not putting but that label on the wine, by the way. But 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 the feds know it exists. So yes. they're that make that makes sense. If happy. they ever audited you. Right. And they said we see you saw these we see these bottlings in this reporting period show us the label approvals. So there you go. Really important stuff. The yeah. fine the fines for not doing these or releasing wines that do not have mm. approved labels are mm-hmm. pretty steep. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. so you have to be really careful. Mm-hmm. And to top it all off, the regulations change every year. Not wholesale every year, but right. there right. are aspects of these laws that mm-hmm. change every year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What do you yeah. want? If we're at the top of the year. What do you want our listeners to know about things you've been watching that are changing, or or as of January first, twenty twenty? This is the new regulation. What do you want them to know about? So I've been talking about the Craft Beverage Modernization Act. And that, that is, of course, that's the law that went into effect on January 1st of 2018. 
and made a lot of big changes for all U.S. wineries. And but it, when it came in, it it had an expiration date of December thirty first, twenty nineteen. Oh my goodness! And so we so were we all, at least, you know, we were. I was watching the headlines, of course, doing what I do. Uh, con- we had to wait. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. it had to be put on Congress's schedule. They had to formally take a vote, because right. otherwise, you know, it would have expired. Right. So they did. That is the update. They did vote on it. Uh, it has been extended through uh-huh. December thirty first of twenty twenty. Uh-huh. So we have another year, which right. isn't much time. I noticed Mitch we're McConnell be, didn't gonna... approve a lot of things this past year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that, exactly. Okay. Um, so so it has been extended, so this is good, obviously. Okay. Um, and then another update related to it, which is very good news for, for probably really a lot, a large percentage of wineries, is they did add verbiage to the law which will now allow uh, wine warehouses, wine storage warehouses. We call mm-hmm. them fulfillment centers where, where wineries store their bottled wines. Mm-hmm. It will allow those sites once again to deduct credits, excise tax credits for their winery clients mm-hmm. because okay. that was not part of the bill when it came in two years ago. Okay. And that really turned wineries on their heads. They had always been used to that. Always been used to that. Change and then suddenly difficult. it was gone. <laughs> suddenly it was just gone overnight. Okay. So that was just that was just a whoops when the bill was or the law was written uh, two years ago because it was crammed through at midnight kind like of thing. You, like you said, de- the devil's in the details. And yeah. they're, they're really complicated in this industry. Exactly. So why would the, the folks writing up the actual law two years ago know anything about that in the wine world? Right. So that, it, that got put back in into the verbiage. So wineries will be very glad okay. for that. I don't know okay. about warehouses so much, but wineries will. <laughs> well, if it that's wakes, an, wineries story. are going to be if wineries are going to be a little happier than the warehouses, probably are going right. to be a little happier, and yeah. vice versa. So you make it higher, harder for the winery. And there's going to be less wine to fulfill, isn't mm-hmm. there? Those mm-hmm. warehouses. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, what other kind of wild and crazy things have been coming through with regulations for this year? Well, it's it's. Still back on the this craft beverage modernization mm-hmm. act. I mean, it like I said, it came in. You know, it was, it was came into effect January first, twenty eighteen. The TTB didn't even know. They, I mean, they <laughs> literally had no time. They had no time to prepare any information right. about how to do. They had to. They had to. Up, they had to create a new form. One of their the form that every mm-hmm. winery or report that every winery has to file was changed. Um. And excise taxes, federal excise taxes, were changed dramatically. So, I mean, I kind of kept watching and reading so I could understand it, so I could share about it, obviously, with my clients, Mm -hmm. as well as to share about it uh, through my various marketing Mm -hmm. channels kind of thing. Right, which include, I know, your your weekly or so newsletter that you send out to Mm -hmm. your list, clients Mm -hmm. or Mm non-clients. Yep, um, anybody can sign up for the newsletter, and then there's a YouTube channel. Wine right. Compliance Alliance has a YouTube channel. Um, so really, it was just I, as I found out over the last couple of years. I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure there are plenty of wineries out there who still don't understand what the law that's been in effect for the last two years means to them. 
Well, sometimes people write laws that are hard to understand yeah. and make sense of. Yeah, I mean, this one had a lot of twists and turns, so I'm really sure. You know, it took me a while to figure it out. It's also why, you know, there's um, numerous law firms that work exclusively in alcohol beverage mm-hmm. uh, because it's mm-hmm. difficult even for them mm-hmm. to understand exactly. yeah. what their client's liability yeah. may be or just how they may be impacted or not. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ongoing challenges. Yeah. So it is. It's, it's an ongoing thing that I just continue to, to mm-hmm. you know, share about or train, Good. however that might be. And the videos on your YouTube channel, Wine Compliance Alliance YouTube channel, um, have to be a great, easy way for you to provide this information to your clients and fans by putting it in digestible sound bites essentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm attempting to make it as real world example mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, certainly individuals working at wineries, again, this is going to be most of my videos are specific to the TTB. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be any right. winery in the United States. Right. So this is so to go back to all the services that Wine Compliance Alliance provides. We've talked about your compliance maintenance package. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little mm-hmm. bit about this would be new clients then original and amendment application filings. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that would be right. that would be as you take on new people. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about obviously the having these videos out there and the video training mm-hmm. that you have out there them um you also will help train people because not everybody uses an outside firm Mm -hmm. can you provide our listeners with uh, some examples of when wineries would like to go to you versus your time say at sterling you mentioned where you became the compliance officer Mm -hmm. at sterling what are the differences Mm -hmm. of when people hire you Mm -hmm. versus when they hire a staffer to do that right um they're as far as it's, um, a lot of times it's going to potentially, at least I found it's going to be that, um, staff person reaching out to my office to find out about training. Mm -hmm. In other words, I'm saying it's not necessarily going to be an owner Mm -hmm. or a general manager because they're not necessarily dealing. Right. Winning. It's, it's the people, because that's, you know, that was my story, right? I kind of got plopped into it, even though I was a willing participant, but I was still lost. (laughs) <laughs> when I first started doing it, you, I, you're our compliance <laughs> person. Yes, right. I'm your what? I mean, it's kind of the short <laughs> straw sort of thing. I hear this story again and again and again. And so they're the ones who are reaching out. And, but that's why, I mean, in part, my experience, my, um, you know, learning it the hard way, so to speak, kind of experience is in large part why I offer training. Mm-hmm. Cause I've, yeah. I've been there. There weren't, there weren't training programs for compliance people back when you got into the industry. No, no. You, no. like you said, you learned it the hard way. I did. I did. <laughs> Sonoma it. State had one or two half day, you know, one a, session, a half day one, class. one, you know, whatever, whatever it was, four mm-hmm. or so hours, you know, so that, oh and goodness. I took what I could find. Right. And just little by little, but again, being there at the winery was still the best place to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. To slowly then start to, you know, break down federal regulation right. <laughs> into, oh, that's what that means in what they're doing right. in the wine cellar right now. So for the larger wineries, it's going to be the compliance person at the winery going, 
I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. Or like you, I got thrown mm-hmm. in the deep end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you sp- yeah? Can you spell this out yeah. in English for me? Because yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, and the training, okay. the, vid- the the training. Although the the a more formal video training like membership program is still in the works. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and perhaps 2020 will be the lucky year that that launches. Uh, so that would be an option. Okay. For wineries, but then there's the next option above that where they can get me in person. Okay. Coming out to their site. You know, assessing their activities, mm-hmm. their staff, their records, and, you know, working one-on-one with individuals and working to develop kind of um, SOPs, if you right. will, of sorts, yeah. kind of that yeah. sort of thing. All, so. all very important mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you also work with some, some wineries, of course, are very small, are virtual wineries. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that might be like an owner winemaker Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, husband, wife, team, something along those lines where, uh, mm-hmm. they don't have any employees. It's them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's quite possible. It would be that smaller group and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and yet they would, you know, uh, they would not necessarily know, um, that 95% of their grapes had to be from whichever county was, yeah. you know, or whichever vintage, sorry, going exactly. back to the right rule. Exactly. Uh, and they yeah. might be flip-flopping like yeah. me as to which right. rule applied <laughs> to which criteria <laughs> and which piece of information. Exactly. So yeah. All, yeah. all really yeah. tricky information. Yeah, because you're right. The majority of wineries <laughs> in this country are very small. Very small. I mean, I believe it's still like that produce less than a thousand cases of wine a year. That's still, I believe, the majority in this country. Right. I mean, we've got, you know, Gallo, Constellation, as two of the giants that have huge share of the market. Behemoths, yes. They probably have compliance staff. Oh, gosh. Yes. They have compliance departments. Right. (laughs) Yes. Because there's so much to They're not going to be calling me. No. No. Mm -hmm. So if. So, listeners, if you're trying to fit, you know, where does Anne fit into this whole thing? Mm-hmm. So you're right. you're working with the, you know, the mid-size to the small size to the micro-size mm-hmm. yeah. wineries and yeah. helping them kind of the, do that. The range of the demographic, right? Mm-hmm. And you've also mm-hmm. taught compliance yeah. classes at Napa Valley College. Yep, and you st- yep. for many years. Yeah, I taught there for done. ten years. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. quite a bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any particular? trends that you're seeing that you want listeners to know about about where you think things are going in terms of compliance or compliance is reacting to some other trend happening in the market um yeah i mean there's certainly any number of trends with uh just wine Mm -hmm. right let alone other types of alcohol beverage um, and there's certainly a certain amount of talk as far as, um, you know, just the wine business mm-hmm. having to, con- you know, really s- kind of re-figure out its, its demographic, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, well, you know, figuring out the millennials, if you will, just right. that one right mm-hmm. there. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's been interesting to watch. But I can tell you from you know, a compliance office perspective, I mean, mine for sure, I could obviously speak to mine, but, you know, I'm fairly regularly in contact with my client and my colleagues who have Mm -hmm. other compliance offices around the state. And, and, you know, we're all say, you know, there's still no shortage (laughs) of people calling saying, I want to start 
I need my help. own my new yeah. my new wine business. Right. And honestly, part of my conversation with them for a little while now is I I, I am asking them about their marketing plan. I am asking them it's who, a crowded who, market. who are your people? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who's who who's going to buy it? Right. And, you know, how much research and planning and such have you put in that? Because, yeah, it is. It's just um, I've never thought of another product that has such a saturated market. Yeah, it I've is. I've never right. thought of another product, another example mm-hmm. kind of thing. So you got to so really want it. I say plant that seed. I'm trying to plant that right. seed. You know, obviously I potentially want them to be successful. Right. Do you think that um, from a compliance point of view, do you think that the TTB is working towards streamlining and making it a mm. little easier for entry for people who want to get into the market? Is it easier than it was, say, 20 years ago? Well, the market, of course, TTB has anything to do with True. But I will give, I have given them high marks for years and years now about continually, um, yeah, streamlining, I think is a good word. I mean, every single area um, for a, a business with the TTB can be done online now and mm-hmm. or is, is, is right. always exclusively done online. So label approvals are done online. Mm-hmm. Your reporting as a winery is done online and then your permit application is done online and you can't stay say that about <laughs> a lot of our state agencies this so i give them high marks for continuing to put efforts out there to okay. make things more accessible okay um for the mm-hmm. you know the, the the folks that they're regulating right i do that's a good sign and almost all of my interactions with any ttb staff are positive well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I would imagine at a certain point, you've, uh, you know, having been in this industry for 10 years d- under your own label, under your under own, my own business, business, correct? Yeah. That yeah. Uh, y- you're pretty familiar with some of the staff. Yes. And vice versa. Yeah. So yes. if they see yes. that right. Anne's the one submitting this, yeah. they kind of go, okay, this is going to be fine. Yeah. So yeah. you're able to probably provide a you're probably able to provide a bit more streamlining mm-hmm. to your clients yes because the yeah. TTB knows your work right okay right and I know yeah. them and then right. you're right that's a good that's just a good point um, because every now and then people will contact me and want uh, to submit you know to start a new TTB permit and um, I do have an option that I I have my full service obviously where I mm-hmm. do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but then sometimes that price point is not in people's budgets. And so I do have what I call the do it yourself, the DIY right. option. Okay. But yeah, I mean, a huge part of that, the service, the value, if you will, is, is, um, my follow-up and potentially I think there is something to be said for, yeah, having my name, so to speak on it. I am a known. Yeah. I am a known. And you get it done. And yeah. you get it and done faster it than right. somebody I'm who's approaching it for the very first time I, uh, would be there's probably no way around way it. Yeah, exactly. Daunted. How many times faster? And I'll say, yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, that's why would you want to do that if you didn't have to? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's so much work to, to get, a, you know, a new label, a new brand yeah. off the ground. Um, why would you want to make it harder for somebody? Right, right. There's, yeah, there's some people who that's a good fit for, but again, they're more the exception than the norm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, something else. <laughs> well, again, we, we've been talking with Ann Reynolds, uh, owner and chief compliance officer at Wine Compliance Alliance. You can find it at the website of the same name, Wine Alliance Compliance. Did I get backwards? You did. Wine, wine you Compliance did. Alliance. There you go. Dot com. Yep. Uh, and you can f- find a lot of answers uh, to the questions mm-hmm. and that you may have or you've been thinking about during this podcast mm-hmm. um, at Ann's site and links to her YouTube channel mm-hmm. and her blog posts, um, which often, a lot of times, the lo- blog posts lead to your YouTube they do. videos they just way. to make it fast because people don't like to read. And the wine label book is there, too. That's right, the wine label book, yeah. which is a great primer for somebody who's mm-hmm. just getting into the business going, mm-hmm. Okay, what do I have to have on this label? What mm-hmm. could I not have on this label? You will never look at a wine label the same way That's right. again. That's right. And yeah. just just a little tidbit for you folks. Yeah. The things that we call the front, yeah. the TTB actually calls the back. <laughs> See, these are the fun little things that you learn as a graphic designer, as a compliance officer, that the vocabulary can, behind the scenes can really throw things off. That's right, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of it's funny. Um, so Anne, one of the questions before we go that we always like to ask our guests, um, particularly as we're, we're Wine Women Radio, Wine Women is the organization at winewomen.net. Uh, what's it been like starting and running a business of your own Mm. over the years? Any particular tips that you would want to give women who are thinking Mm. about either pledging it, uh, plunging, Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. I can get my words out, plunging into compliance or... Uh, you know, plunging into starting their own wine label. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for sure, yes, on on both. Um, uh, I have actually shared uh, some blog posts in earlier days of the business related to is winery compliance a good fit for you? I've shared mm-hmm. about that. Um, I yeah, like I think probably safe to say essentially almost every person who started a business, um, it has been a struggle, but I would not change any of it. I really wouldn't. You were happy with your decision to go out on your own. Yeah. I I thought, I thought it was potentially not going to make it on more than one occasion, but obviously it did. Yeah. Um, You're here 10 years later. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I really think as a business person that you have to go through the, as I, often we'll call it the desert. I think you have to, to really get to a point of being so clear on what it is that you do and how you do it and, and et cetera. And all those, those details that you just, you know, you, you need to reach that kind of a point. And that's the, I think that's the only way you're going to do it. Um, so I wouldn't change anything. Um, you know, very, very proud of, of the age, the business mm-hmm. that has gotten to, and the evolution path that it's that that is it has gone, you know, taken to get where it is. Um, but yeah, as far as anybody thinking about starting their own wine business, I do offer. Um, I call it a smart start call. You can find the summary and the link to schedule one on my website, okay. and you will tell me what your vision is, what, you know, how, what wines you want to make and how they'll be made, who you want to sell them to, where those people are. And then based essentially on that, I'm able to tell you what kinds of licenses initially you would need to set up okay. to be able to be there off are and several running. depending upon your structure. Exa- exactly. Those are, that's, was, is the purpose of that 
call kind of thing. Very good. Yeah. Fascinating information. Ann Reynolds from Wine Compliance Alliance. <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> for being here today. Thank you. I hope you've been enjoying this pretty room. We're getting this um, winter sunset oh, here going on here at the panel in the loft. Um, listeners, you can find the panel at 535 West Napa Street in Sonoma. They're open Wednesday through Friday, 2 to 9 p.m. Saturday, 9, sorry, noon to 9 p.m. I was going to get backwards. That would be trouble. Uh, they've got a wine shop. They've got a wine bar where they pour by the glass and by flights. Uh, you can get a little food and nibbles to go with it. Uh, there's a patio out front with a nice little fire pit going on there uh, in the wintertime. Um, a wine shop and a wine club. Um, so pretty thorough there. So uh, find them at panelwines.com. And for Wine Women, find us at winewomen.net. We'll have the 2020 schedule of events and uh, news about upcoming podcasts and who are going to be our guests coming up for uh, this next season. We'll all be out there shortly. So thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in. And again, thank you so much for being here today. Very glad to be here. All right. We're going to sign off next week, listeners. We'll have another guest with us. Have a fantastic week. And uh, cheers and clinking virtually our glasses (laughs) to you. Have a, a great week. Thanks.